I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. I'm going to say it's been a while. I know people listen to these podcasts like years later, but I'm going to say it's been a while because it's been a while. And this is a great show. This is a different show in several ways, but you're going to hear it. And so I'm going to I'm going to talk about it really quickly and just a quick setup. All right. So. I am getting back to recording video with my guests, right? And I'm going to put it up on my YouTube channel, Tom Holland Fitness, and share it on social media as well. So, I've already done the interview. Usually, I do everything live. <laughs> live to tape, at least. Uh, but but this is an interesting one. This is a fun one. They all are. But you're going to see if you go to Tom Holland Fitness, uh, YouTube, or my Tom... Uh, Tom H. Fit, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can see the video of our interview. And as I did my research, as I will say, during the interview, I saw that he walks on a treadmill during the vast majority. So I'm like, I can't be outdone. Uh, I need to be healthy too. And I want to. So uh, I set up my shop in my home gym and he's on the treadmill and I am on a stationary bike. Who am I talking about? <laughs> Dr. Michael Greger. Now I go... Uh, not so far back with him, but but connected to him in that many years ago, I was a contract writer for Men's Health, and I also was asked to interview six people of my choosing um, for video interviews for Rodale for Men's Health. And I chose a guy named Gene Stone. Gene Stone has uh, helped write numerous books, a vast uh, you know, number of books, Health and Wellness, including How Not to Die, which is Dr. Michael Greger's book. So it's it's Dr. Michael Greger is the author. Gene Stone uh, helped out, and I met Gene Stone. And so reading How Not to Die, if you haven't already, amazing. And the book we're going to talk about today that comes out today as I release this podcast on December 5th, 2023, is How Not to Age. Now, I, I'm just going to put this out there, and then we're going to go right to the interview. Okay, uh, in, in, in doing my research on him and, and I followed him over the years. Um, you know, I just, I, I try to limit my social media time. I do it just enough to, to learn and to follow the people I want to follow. Right. But Dr. Michael Greger has so many people coming at him and I understand why, but I'm just going to say this. He follows the science. Now, is science perfect? No. Am I going to ask rhetorical questions of myself? Yes. There is no, all the studies I have talked about for years on this show, over 500 podcasts, all of them, Dr. Michael Greger, he knows these studies inside and out. And, and we're going to talk about many of them. We're going to talk about breakfast. We're going to talk about fasting. We're going to talk about fruit. So many of the topics I've already covered and I've talked about and referenced the studies, he will as well. Anyway, brand new book and it's, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, as he will say, about the studies. Okay, now again, studies are not perfect, but Dr. Michael Greger will break them down. I don't agree with everything, and there's certain studies. I'll, I'll just throw one out there. Sunscreen. He talks about, I don't know if, do, uh, maybe we do. I can't even remember. <laughs> um, but he, he's posted stuff and people go crazy. Okay, I'm, uh, I personally, I'm not wearing sunscreen. Do the studies say we should? Sure. Um, can we can we go back and forth? It's called a debate, people. My point is this. You're not going to get anyone who is more knowledgeable on the science on any of these topics. You will, you will listen to these charlatans 
<laughs> who sound really great on social media that I talk about all the time. And I, I don't even watch him anymore. I don't. I stopped. What's the point? I'm going to give you the positive. I'm going to focus on that. I've talked about that. And unfortunately, that's usually not what gets clicks. Anyway, I've spoken too long. Uh, again, you're going to hear probably a sound change uh, because I am in my gym. He's on a treadmill. Uh, the audio is going to be a little different. So what? Right? My goal, what I do here is bring you the best guests. Are you going to agree with them all? Another rhetorical question. <laughs> you shouldn't, but we debate it. And we debate it from the hard science. And then what? What we can actually put into practice in our daily lives. What we're actually going to do. But we start with the science first. All right? Here we go. Quick change. Dr. Michael Greger. Oh, we bring you... The best guest, and today is no exception. Uh, I, I'm in a different setting because I did some research on this guest and saw that he pretty much walks on the treadmill, which is why he's, you know, doing a little up and down. So we're going to be moving. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Bypass, right, Dr. Greger? Uh, let me give the quick intro. Uh, Dr. Greger is a physician, New York Times bestselling author, and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition, food safety, and public health issues. He's a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. He is licensed as a general practitioner specializing in clinical nutrition, uh, graduate of the Cornell University School of Agriculture, Tufts University School of Medicine. Uh, he's got so many books, uh, you know, How Not to Die, which we're going to talk about, I loved, How Not to Die Cookbook, How Not to Diet, uh, all bestsellers. And what I didn't know, Dr. Greger, is that you donate all that money to charity, amazing, but you have a new book we're going to talk about. Uh, how not to age. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for making me, you know, <laughs> switch it up. I'm so glad to be here. And I love that we're role modeling healthy behavior for folks. Dr. Gregor, I was like, and I got a treadmill over here. I was like, maybe I, I, I walk a little faster. <laughs> like, we'll go back and forth and do some interval work as we're going. Uh, let me start off by saying like, how not to die loved. And I actually interviewed Gene Stone. Uh, ah! With your co-author or helped out with that book, right? Yeah. Uh, such a fun book. And you have a new one coming out December 5th, I believe. Yep. Uh, How Not to Age. Tell us a little bit about that before we get going. Yeah. Uh, How Not to Age was, uh, I mean, the aim was to create the most comprehensive anti-aging book ever written, covering every possible strategy for you know, slowing down the aging process for the longest, healthiest life based on the best available balance of evidence. And the good news is we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a healthy enough diet and lifestyle. And you know what? I obviously do my homework and I watched a bunch of interviews with you. I've heard of you, obviously, read the books. Um, but watching the podcasts uh, where you talk about that and we're going to talk about evidence-based medicine, which I love on one podcast, you said, like, what's the alternative? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, the fact that there has to even be evidence, like you never hear of evidence-based chemistry or evidence-based physics or evidence-based architecture. It's just presumed only in medicine. Do we have to do we have to add that on just because there's this horrible, unseemly history of corporate corruption in the medical field? And that begs. So I have to put in full disclosure, uh, which I'm the most transparent. We need much more of that in fitness and wellness and nutrition and everything. Um, could not get a copy of your new book uh, before. 
but as I did some research on it, I was a little excited because it's what almost seven hundred pages, <laughs> which <laughs> thirteen thousand citations. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. I'm sorry we couldn't get you a copy. Oh, it's okay. Like, and I read them cover to cover. I will still read it, but uh, you know that would have taken up a, a couple hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, <laughs> I feel like I know. You know, obviously, uh, read a bunch of the uh, stuff that's out there, the preface and things like that. But oh, great! Thirteen thousand citations. Many people don't have any idea what that means. Your prior books, like two thousand, I think five thousand. Right, right, right. I read it correctly, Doctor Gregor, that this book originally was like two thousand pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It was over. It was over twelve hundred pages. That, um, <laughs> that, and uh, yeah, the publisher wouldn't publish it. I tried to get them to do in like a two volume set, um, which I can get away with in some other countries, um, but for the U.S. publishers, just don't want to do that. So, um, I had to cut about half the book, but took all that material and put it online. So there's like links throughout the. Um, so we're working on hundreds of videos right now to get them up by launch date. Um, and so all the information is there contained within the book. Um, uh, but it's just a, a lot slimmer than it started out. It is a big project. The only book I know of that's like that would be Timothy Noakes book, right? The original war of running, right? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and, and which is so funny because we all know the joke uh, about running, you know, comedians say it all the time, but why do you need a book on running? It should be one page, you know, put one foot in front of the other and go. And you got a 1200 page book that's actually been updated. So, that's, uh, you know, empirically based for people who don't know that. That means science. We're talking science mm -hmm. here. And again, watching your prior podcasts and interviews, you know, you just, that's that's what you're talking about. And and you go to the blue zones, which Dr. Gregor, I talk about all the time, because we want to not only look at the research, but the people that have actually lived really long, yeah. healthy lives. So tell people who don't know about the blue zones. Yeah, so the blue zones are areas of exceptional longevity around the world. Um, they're named uh, based on a heat map of, of mortality, basically. Um, and so these are the rare uh, places with about 10 times the rate of centenarians, those who reach triple digits, those who live to be over 100, and those who live the kind of longest, healthiest lives. And so you can look and say, well, okay, well, what is it about the Venn diagram of these very different places, right? Um, one in there's one in Central America, there's two in the Mediterranean, one on, in Asia, one here in the U.S., um, and so what can we what can we draw together in terms of diet and lifestyle that really brings it all together? And there have been over 150 dietary surveys. So it seems diet um, uh, appears to be the primary um, uh, reason why they're living so long. And there been about 150 dietary surveys. Um, and uh, and what they all kind of share in common is centering their diets around whole plant foods. So minimizing processed foods meat, dairy, eggs, salt, sugar, while maximizing fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, right? Beans, split peas, chickpeas, lentils, um, nuts and seeds, mushrooms, herbs, and spices, basically real food that grows from the ground. These are probably our healthiest choices. And I don't want to gloss over what you said at the start, because I, I know it's so important. And I end every podcast with something that goes to this concept that we have control. <laughs> we have so much control, Dr. Yeah. Gregor. And that's yeah. kind of the message that I, and I know you are trying to put out there. And, and you're saying not only do we have control, I'm going to tell you all the, the, the studies, talk about all the studies and, and the reasons why, but there's so many, you know, articles, you can't escape your genetics. And, and, and the truth is we can, right. Through movement, through what we can, you know, what we put in our mouths and how much we move. 
Yeah, only about uh, tw- based on studies on, of identical twins, only about twenty five percent of the variation in lifespan between people between people is genetically determined. So the question is, you know, what what should we do over the majority of which we have control? And I want to say. I mean, you know, it's really easy to get kind of lost in the weeds with, you know, with all my work. But uh, but it's important to take a step back and say, and realize you really don't have to make drastic changes. It's not all or nothing, even just basic common sense lifestyle behaviors like, um, you know, not smoking, not being obese, regular exercise, eating more fruits and vegetables can literally mean a difference of a healthy decade of life expectancy, just those four simple common sense behaviors. Now, if you want to push it beyond that and work on the margins, that'll probably get you 80% there. But if you want, then sure, I got all sorts of stuff you can do and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's important to to realize that, you know, it's never too late to start eating healthier, to start moving, to stop smoking. We really do have the power. And you talk about, Dr. Greger, uh, you know, diseases of excess. And that resonates with me and my audience because a term I use frequently is excessive moderation, right? We tend to, <laughs> we tend, which by the way, Dr. Greger, I, I use all that. I actually pitched it for one of my book titles and a 20 something uh, editor publisher, you know, was like, that's the worst title I've ever heard. I said, of course you do. Of course you do. Because that doesn't sell books, right? Right, right. No, no, of course. Right. <laughs> no, no, point, no. Right. No. Yeah. yeah no, but... I don't, like so many people think you watch social media, you have, you have to get up at 5 a.m. and you have to run 50 miles and exercise has to be horrible. You have to eat foods you don't like. And I say, and I'm sure you'll agree, you have to find the exercise and the healthy foods you enjoy. Of course. Of course. Why? Because it has to be sustainable. It doesn't matter what you eat today or tomorrow or next week. It's literally what you eat over the next few decades. So however long it takes you to find foods that are healthy and that you enjoy, are convenient, are affordable, are delicious, you know, it's similarly with uh, with movement, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, d- involving yourself in sports, doing it with a friend, walking the dog. I mean, whatever it is, listening to podcasts and music, it needs to be enjoyable or, yeah, you'll do it at the new year. You'll white knuckle it for a few weeks, but eventually... You know, you're going to cave in. If you have, you know, crap in the house, you're going to start eating some crap. You have a bad day, right? It's about controlling our environment, finding the things that are enjoyable, that are doable. And however long that takes, um, it's worth it um, because the benefits are so large. Yeah, and, and and people really need to truly embrace that. Uh, you know, I always use the example, Dr. Greger, um, I'm a triathlete. I detest swimming. I don't believe it's a sport. It's a means to keep from drowning. If you're a swimmer, we can still be friends, but I'm going to put you in a different category of friend. And I love that I had Dr. Lieberman on a couple of times and I said, you know, were we born to swim? He said, absolutely not. And I said, thank you. <laughs> because I need that. But but my point is, you know, we always see those studies, Dr. Greger, that's like least dose. Now we understand why they do that, least dose of exercise. Right. But I take it to the point, and I'm sure you'll agree, if you're looking for the least dose of exercise, you haven't found the exercise you enjoy. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, no, and it's and the you know the same thing with diet applies to exercise as well. The uh, there's evidence that even 15 minutes of walking a day associated with significantly longer life, and so any exercise is better than none. But you know it's interesting when you look at the physical activity guidelines over the decades, they've actually gone smaller and smaller. Now we're down to you know 20 something minutes a day if you actually you know from the from the, uh, the official federal guidelines because they're trying to make it approachable, doable. They want don't want to intimidate people. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't like this patronizing attitude. Just tell us what the science says. Like, let us make up our own mind. And it shows that there is benefit to additional exercise up to at least 90 minutes a day of moderate intensity activity or 45 minutes of vigorous activity. Uh, it's possible there's further benefits beyond that. There's just not enough people actually exercising more than that to put in a study, but we know at least to that. So look, so that's how much I, you know, how not to die. I recommend 90 minutes a day, right? But again, any amount is better than nothing. Um, and so as long as that's emphasized, let's see what the science says. We have to take the terms uh, just and only out, you know, oh, I only walked for a mile, you know, 10 minutes or I just did, you know, a mile walk or something. No. And, you know, better than anyone that three 10 minute bouts of exercise, same exact results, uh, benefits as and, and now they're saying even more. Right. The postprandial walks, you're more likely to do it. Fantastic. And you need to have movement throughout the day, which goes back to the oh. blue, zones. blue zones. People aren't going to the exactly. gym. Exactly. <laughs> right? They're not in the gym. They're not in the gym. They just move as part of their daily lives. They're gardening. Um, they're walking. Right. I mean, so it's just, but if you actually look at their step counts, right, you have these, you know, uh, these, you know, 80-year-olds, you know, getting tens of thousands of steps in every day, but it's not on a treadmill. They're just going about their daily lives. Um, and so that should be... I think that should be a, a, a message of hope for people that, you know, if you don't like the gym, there are alternatives. Um, uh, and it's just, you know, part of the benefits of exercise is actually just avoiding the hazards of inactivity. So even um, if you're, you know, not really getting your heart rate up, at least you're not stagnating that pool of blood in your lower limbs, which can impair your artery function. And, you know, you know, six hours or more sitting every day associated with increased all-cause mortality, even if you then go to the gym after your desk job and work out. Um, and so it's, it's a combination. We want the exercise plus the, uh, we don't want that inactivity, prolonged inactivity. Yeah, I have an 87-year-old father-in-law, British, never been to the gym, super healthy. My grandmother, 96-year-old Italian, never went to the gym. Wonderful. You know, and, and I didn't realize that I talked so frequently, and it ties into the blue zones and everything you talk about, you know, Mediterranean diet, which goes, I didn't eat a Mediterranean diet per se till I, you know, did the research and realized, well, if you study all the different studies, that's where it's going to push you, right? As you said at the start, the whole foods, you know, it, it, it's much more simple Dr. Gregor, I say, you know, you are so great at taking the complex and making it simple. And we have too many people trying to take the simple <laughs> and make it really complex. Right, right. No, no, exactly. Well, it's how you're going to sell books. How are you going <laughs> to get clickbait? How are you going to, right? You got to sell some magic bullet supplement or, you know, something. Um, uh, and, you know, just some of the really basic stuff. It's like, well, wait a second. I'm not going to pay for that. In fact, there really isn't anything to pay for, right? So much of this is free. <laughs> Um, you don't need those exercise gadgets or gizmos. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, something you said earlier about the excessive moderation, you know, reminds me of a study. They actually asked people for their definition of moderation. And they went through a couple of things like chocolate and you know, they all, all down the list. Um, and 
what did people define as moderation? They defined it as how much they themselves ate. <laughs> so if they ate huge amounts, oh, that's moderation. If they ate very little, that's moderation. So the food industry loves the term moderation because <laughs> that's just telling people to eat just exactly as much as they've always been eating. You just made my day. <laughs> I have not seen that study. And I oh, it's an amazing study. It's an amazing study. That at the same time, because <laughs> now I've, I've been playing into the food industry and see that marketing plan. I mean, but it's totally it true. And that's the problem. Like, what's high intensity? What's low intensity? What's steady state? What's zone two? Just raise your heart rate. Lift heavy things frequently, right? Whatever. I love it. I love I it. Know if you're lifting, you know, a barbell, a dumbbell, or or doing a push up, right? And um, before, like so much, I, I would you know keep you here for ten hours. Um, but you, we started talking about uh, you know restriction, and you talk about intermittent fasting, right? And that's a yeah. huge thing. And I love that you put you know. Let's talk about that. So, what is the most important meal of day to actually skip, and why? Oh yeah, no, fantastic question. And so that's actually the biggest chapter in my How Not to Diet book. I'm um, talking about uh, weight control is on intermittent fasting, just because there's so many different types. There's alternate day fasting, 5-2 fasting, 25-5 fasting, mimicking diets, blah, blah, blah. Really, the take-home message is early time-restricted feeding. So time-restricted feeding is restricting your eating window to 12 hours or less every day. But critically important, it's the timing of that window. We really should try to push our caloric intake more towards the beginning of day as possible. If you skip any meal, you're skipping supper, not breakfast. The exact same food eaten in the morning um, is less fattening than the exact same food, exact same number of calories eaten at night. And uh, it has a lower blood sugar um, response, lower triglyceride response. If you're going to eat some crappy junk food, eat it for breakfast because your body's able to handle it thanks to the circadian rhythms. And so one of the reasons why the uh, Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California, actually the longest lived population currently on planet Earth, one of the reasons may be because uh, part of their religious tenets is to make breakfast or lunch the biggest meal of the day. Um, and so in general, we really should... Uh, try to move in that direction. I loved, again, watching podcasts where you had this discussion with people, ritual being one. <laughs> and they were all sad because because everyone everyone's like, no, but I love to do it late. And the study I know. Doing, Dr. Gregor, that, like, that's when the wheels fall off. Like you skip breakfast, you get some sugary foods, and then you consume 5,000 calories after 5 p.m., right? So yeah. that's yeah. great news. We need to front load our day, right? Front load the day. I love that phrase. Do it. Trademark it. <laughs> and thank you. you you hit on so many great topics that are so confusing let's talk about so we talk about breakfast talk about like fruit you know it's, it's oh you can't eat fruit because of the sugar give people the you know the, the um, okay well i mean the, the i mean uh, the, where that sentiment came from is from a good place because we are just being bombarded by refined sugars, these so-called free sugars, industrial sugars, like the high fructose corn syrup and sucrose, the table sugar. Um, and so the demonization of sugar is a good thing because in general, um, where, where we're getting most of our sugar from is, you know, sugary beverages. Um, but unfortunately, that's kind of spilled over um, <laughs> into this demonization of fruit, which is among the healthiest foods on the planet. So the Global Burden of Disease Study, which is the largest study of disease risk factors in human history, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, found that one of the top five causes of death in the world is inadequate fruit consumption. 
Like literally, if people just ate more fruit, literally we would save millions of lives every year around the planet. And that's for a wide variety of reasons. Um, but I mean, so, I mean, critically important. So not eating fruit is like, it's like a killer risk factor. Or And I um, mean, this includes diabetics. You can take diabetics, randomize them to minimize fruit or increase fruit intake. And they actually have better blood sugar control eating fruit. Um, in fact, you can do these, uh, you know, these really granular experiments where, for example, you do give someone a glucose challenge test where you basically have them suck down a few tablespoons of, uh, of corn syrup. Um, and you measure what kind of blood sugar response you get a big exaggerated um, spike in blood sugar freaks your body out. And so your body, um, uh, you know, pours out so much insulin, you actually drop lower than when you started. So your blood sugars actually kind of overshoot. So your body throws all this uh, fat into the blood in the form of triglycerides and this real negative reaction. Now, what would happen if in addition to those three tablespoons of corn syrup, you added an additional tablespoon of sugar in the form of pureed berries. So you just just straight berries, but enough berries that it added an entire extra tablespoon of sugar. So now you got four tablespoons of sugar. So, oh my God, you must have a bigger blood sugar spike. No, the blood sugar spike is significantly lower. You don't get the overshoot. You don't get the triglycerides in the blood. And what is happening? First of all, the fiber actually slows down the absorption of sugar in your bloodstream. And then the polyphenols, these bright pigments, um, in the fruit actually uh, block the absorption of sugar in the small intestine. So that slows absorption of sugar too. So actually uh, fruit consumption helps with blood sugar control um, uh, rather than the reverse. It's not great news for people, right? And, 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 you know, I have two boys, they were raised on fruits. They right. choose fruit over sweets, you know. With, Love it. As you've talked right. about in your books, uh, you know, prior to, you know, the food industry with the, the sweeteners are completely screwing up our right. evolutionary taste buds, right? And and that's right. a huge problem. But if you start young, I mean, I love my fruit smoothie. I know uh, you talked about that with like, you know, protein shakes and people are confused. If you fruit uh, freeze the fruit, super healthy oftentimes. Oh, my God. Perfect. Okay. You know, you look at my you look at my freezers, half frozen greens, half frozen berries, sometimes even has more nutrition because it's actually frozen the day of picking rather than sitting on a, on a ship from New Zealand um, for a few weeks, losing nutrition every single day. And it's cheaper. It's pre-cut, pre-washed, and you can get it year round. Absolutely a great way to uh, to have convenient nutrition in your diet. Since we're talking about polyphenols, um, and there's a huge push now, listen, if you have issues with alcohol, obviously, you know, that's that's a separate discussion, but um, I love my red wine. <laughs> so let's talk about alcohol quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's definitely some good stuff in those grapes, unfortunately. Um, uh, though, of course, everyone agrees that drinking during pregnancy, excessive drinking, binge drinking, not good for you. But there's been controversy about this moderate alcohol consumption. And right. the reason is because the people that tend to live the longest are not the abstainers who drink zero alcohol, but those who imbibe a few drinks a week. Unfortunately, this appears to be an artifact of what's called the sick quitter effect arising from the systemic misclassification of former drinkers as if they were lifelong abstainers. I mean, it's the same reason why in some studies you find higher mortality rates among those who quit smoking compared to those who continue to smoke. It's not that abstention led to poor health, but poor health led to abstention. So many of these so-called abstainers got sick from drinking, and that's why they stopped. Um, and so when you actually control for that and actually just look at um, teetotalers, then, you know, according to the Global Burden of Disease Study, the World Health Organization, the World Heart Federation, 
really the safest level of drinking is none because alcohol turns into something called acetaldehyde, which is a carcinogen. Um, so, you know, ideally grapes, barley, and potatoes best eaten in their non-distilled form. And Johnny Walker is no substitute for actual walking. I'm going to cherry pick my uh, research right there, doctor. <laughs> I'm going to always think. But again, it's all, it's, all, it's all about, you know, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat in your birthdays, holidays, special occasions. Uh, you know, it's really the day-to-day stuff that adds up. So it's important to have that uh, that context. But I, that, and I heard those studies, and, and it's such a, you know, for most people, they're not going to quite understand what you just said. But, you know, that that's where, you know, we have to look at the research in a very, you know, uh, nuanced way. And, and obviously, you're one of the best 13,000 citations in the new book. Um, let's talk about oatmeal real quickly. You know, a lot of doctors on, you know, social media just saying how it's not the breakfast of champions. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the fact if you have an MD after your name, that's basically advertising the world that you have zero nutrition training. <laughs> I mean, it's, actually, it's basically like saying, I am a nutrition ignoramus. And it's just because there's so little nutrition training, unfortunately, in medical school. Um, uh, but uh, uh, and so unfortunately, many of them pick it up not from uh, the gold standard, which is the peer reviewed medical literature, but just because some they heard at the gym or whatever um, is kind of trending in social media at the time. Um, oatmeal. So, of course, there's oatmeal and then there's oatmeal. Ideally, <laughs> um, the more whole, the better. So uh, the top top of the hierarchy are oat groats. So that's actually how it's kind of grown before it's cut two or three times into steel cut oats or or the oat groats are flattened into rolled oats um, or really skinny rolled oats or chopped really fine or pre-cooked. And then you finally get down to instant kind of powdered oatmeal. Um <laughs> All now it's actually the exact same ingredient. I mean, unless you know you have added sugar or something, but it's basically one ingredient, oatmeal, but it actually has different effects within the body. Um, and so in terms of uh, blood sugar responses, um, in terms of uh how much prebiotics actually make it down to your um good gut bugs in your colon. Um, and so the more we can eat as whole as possible, the better. And so um uh oak groats are kind of a pain to cook unless you have one of these electric pressure cookers, like an instant pot, then right. it's just no problem. And once you eat it, you realize how chewy and wonderful it is. There's no going back to the mush. I tell you, it's great stuff. Um, uh, oats have um, a particular classic chemical called avananthamides, which are anti-inflammatory. That actually what um, is responsible for the aroma and taste of oats. Why? And it's really not found anywhere else. Uh, so anti-inflammatory, you can actually use um, you know, that's why they have like oat based lo uh, lotions for like uh, uh, radiotherapy for cancer patients, um, significantly cutting down on inflammation, um, it does similar benefits um, inside. Fantastic breakfast. And to take it even up a notch, let's add some berries. We can add some frozen berries, fresh berries. Let's add some nuts and seeds. Let's add some pumpkin seeds. Let's add some some walnuts, some flax seeds. Um, uh, I mean, just to really kind of ramp it up. Uh, but yeah, that'd be a fantastic way to start the day. And it's a perfect way to kind of pull this all together, Dr. Greger. I mean, so what you just hit on is intermittent fasting, breakfast, right? Uh, first thing in the day, front loading your day. You just, Great. I basically have, you know, I the studies show people who are healthy tend to eat the same thing. We want as much variation as possible, but we eat what we know and what works for us. Um, so I basically have like 15 healthy meals that I rotate throughout and I try to, right. 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 But 
Right. My go-to breakfast is what you just described, right? It's it's, it's Fantastic. really good oatmeal with generally yeah. blueberries, but some type of berries, chia seeds, right. seeds, right? Yeah. And yeah. You just started your day in a phenomenal way. Right. And you know, it's one of the rare things that you can actually get on the road. I mean, you're not going to get the really good oatmeal, but you know, you can get it Starbucks anywhere, you know, you throw out the little brown sugar packet. Some yeah. Starbucks actually have fresh blueberries, which is like so such a treat once in a while, but um, and so, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know, you're stuck in a hotel somewhere and they got all the crappy Danishes or whatever breakfast. Usually they'll add some oatmeal. So that's a good way to start. Um, if you really want to uh, ratchet it up, you know, I travel around these little packs of freeze-dried berry powder. It's just like freeze-dried um, either tart cherries or strawberries or cranberries. And you just take them around a little and just pour it into your, uh, pour it into your oatmeal. So at least you're getting a little boost in nutrition. But but again, you know, the important thing is, you know, having control over your food environment, which you can do at home and surround yourself with good food and uh, and uh, rest and take care of itself. There you go. Uh, I end every show, Dr. Becker, saying, you know, there's three things we all control, as we talked about at the beginning, how much you eat, how much you move uh, and, and, you know, your, your thoughts, basically. So um, it's such great news for people. I would uh, encourage people to start with how not to, you know, die, right? Kind of work in there and then work through the cookbooks and stuff. Uh, I am so excited to read your book. I'm going to set aside. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. I, I oh. can't wait to hear what you think about it. Oh, I, I know I will love it. I, I, you know, always buy a couple versions and, and uh, you know, I'm marking it up. And thank you for, you know, just making the science available to people. Um, and distilling it down. I, I, I watched a, a couple of your, you know, uh, interviews where you went up against, you know, meat guys. And, you know, we look at the science, we look at what people can do. We look at people who've lived the long lives and then we kind of figure out <laughs> where the Venn diagram is. Right. And right. Uh, there's just so much misinformation that, uh, again, thank you for, for all you do. I will put all the links, uh, in this, um, write up and everything and uh yeah thank you again for making me get on the bike <laughs> i love it thank you so much keep up the great work out there thank you very much dr michael gregor have a great day how great was that again audio shift as i come back to the studio uh i, I feel so fortunate to do what i do and to interview and speak with the people i speak with and you know he is just representative of, of all the studies I have brought to you in one place, right? In one mind and now in one book, okay? How not to age. Our time is important. I say this every show to you, right? My goal is to save you time and money so you don't waste your time and your money on people and products and programs that don't work, right? This is science. Again, we can debate so much of this, but uh, it's the science. We start there and then we debate and we look at the studies and we look at how many studies have similar outcomes, right? But he's someone you should listen to. He's someone you should read everything by. You don't have to agree with it and many people don't. Most of those people are, I'm going to say it, they're, they're not half as up on the science as he is. They come in with their biases. My bias is getting the best information for myself and then to bring it to you. And that goes for the best people and the best books. All right? Enough said. And 
I'm going to jump on a bike and he's going to get on a treadmill and we're going to literally walk the walk because so many of those so-called experts don't do any of what they say they uh, are, are asking you to do. Enough. I don't want to go to the negative, but like I was truly blown away oh, looking at his social media and uh, you know what? Oftentimes when people are coming at you, <laughs> you're, 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 you're doing the right thing. All right, how not to age. And then when you're done with that, go to how not to die. <laughs> Both amazing books. Thank you to Dr. Michael Greger for taking the time. Uh, I will most likely have him back. It is a, a, a voluminous, is that the, the adjective, book? <laughs> uh, and well worth every single page. All right? It's about our health. It's about our wellness. It's about living our best lives, not just how long, but how well? What are the quality of those years? That's what we talked about. And we're going backwards. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop saying we. Because we're not going backwards. If you're listening to the show and you're listening to the advice and you're following and, and you know figuring out what works for you, not everything will. And you're not going to agree with everything. Hey, let's, I'll end with this. <laughs> if you don't agree with any of these things, do your homework. Okay, don't look at one study. Definitely don't look at one chucklehead on social media who sounds really good. And then look in the mirror and say, am I biased? Where am I coming from? Most people who are biased <laughs> can't look in the mirror. That's the problem. Anyway, the best information, the best people, the best books right here. All right, and I'm going to end with, well, let me do my quick pitches. Again, teamholland.com is the website. Uh, I have a new children's book there. <sighs> you know, we got to start there now. After six books for six, seven with a rewrite for adults, uh, my first kid's book took 10 years to finish 50 pages. Um, but I'm really proud of it. And, you know, that's that's who matters. You know, we got to start them so young. And this is like, this book is for like, you know, from two to seven, eight-year-olds, all right? Uh, Lucy the Lab goes for a run. Uh, Tom H. Fit. Instagram, Tom H. Fit, Twitter. Again, you can watch this interview, Tom Holland Fitness, uh, YouTube channel, so many workouts and everything else there as well. All right. Oh, let's just finish it here with my favorite person, uh, Jack Lane. I'm sure Dr. Michael Greger, we didn't get you know a chance to talk about so many things, including him, but he's who one of the, uh, he was the top person I looked up to and tried to emulate and had the Great fortune of interviewing him for a full hour many years ago. Uh, and here's a little clip to end the show. All right. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. Believe in yourself. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.